This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, I'm Philippa Tolley, and welcome to The Long Read from Stuff. This week's story is a very challenging account called The Downfall of the Mamahooch Rapists, and it's written by Blair Ensor, who's with us now. Kia ora, Blair. Hi, Philippa. So give us some background to this story. How did it get caught? So back in 2018, two 18-year-old women, uh, they came forward to police alleging that they had been drugged and sexually assaulted on a night out at a central Christchurch bar known as Mama Hooch. Uh, and within weeks, uh, news of their allegations had hit the media. And from there, uh, the case kind of snowballed and police um, you know, spoke to dozens of women who alleged that their drinks had been spiked on nights out at Mama Hooch, and some of them alleged that they'd been sexually assaulted. And kind of what transpired over the next four to five years um, while the matter made its way towards trial was effectively one of the largest prosecutions of its kind ever in New Zealand. So you were there for much of that very long trial. What was it actually like to be in court? Well, much of the trial was uh, heard behind closed doors because of the very sensitive nature of uh, the evidence that was being given. Uh, the, the the women uh, who were giving evidence uh, often had statutory name suppression, which is afforded to victims of sexual assault. Um, and the uh, three men, including the Jazz brothers, who are the subject of the story, uh, sat at the back of the court, uh, shaking their heads at times, passing notes to one another, and then kind of in the breaks, they were very jovial, so it was a very weird atmosphere. Um, I will say that uh, the, the evidence at times was was harrowing, um, and there were a lot of very brave women who uh, chose to give evidence. And this story is running because a suppression order on the brothers' names has been lifted. Why were they given suppression after they were found guilty? Well, the two men, uh, through their lawyers, argued that um, publication of their names would cause extreme hardship to their families. Uh, and also, uh, Danny Jazz was facing a separate prosecution uh, relating to an incident that happened after he was arrested on sexual assault allegations, uh, where a man came into Mama Hooch and made a comment about drink spiking, and he headbutted him. Uh, but when the Crown withdrew uh, a charge of injuring with intent to cause uh, injury earlier this week, uh, that plank of his defence or or his argument fell away. Thanks for that, Blair. Now, here's Blair reading his story, The Downfall of the Mama Hooch Rapist. And just a reminder, this case does deal with serious abuse and could be distressing, and the women's names have been changed to protect their identity. One morning in July 2018, 18-year-old Jane, not her real name, anxiously picked up her phone and texted her best friend Lisa, The night before, the pair had been out for dinner and drinks to celebrate Lisa's 18th birthday. Disoriented and confused, Jane could only remember flashes of a terrifying sexual encounter they'd had with a man later in the evening. Can you please tell me everything he did and tried to do? 
she asked her friend. About 2.30am, the pair were at popular inner city bar Mama Hooch when Roberto Jazz sidled up to Jane and asked if she was interested in joining him for an after-hours drink at his family's nearby Italian restaurant Venuti, where he worked as a chef. Jane had known the 33-year-old for several years and trusted him, but said she would only go if Lisa could come too. A short time later, the teenagers walked excitedly from Mama Hooch to Venuti, a few doors down on Colombo Street, just around the corner from the Christchurch Town Hall. Roberto followed soon after. At Venuti, he turned off the alarm, then led the woman through the dimly lit restaurant to the kitchen. There, he poured some white powder from a small plastic bag onto a stainless steel bench and racked it up into rough lines. He repeatedly assured the teenagers it was MDMA, also known as ecstasy, a drug they'd had that night. Jane rolled up a banknote and snorted the powder. So too did Lisa. What did you give us? Jane soon screamed at Roberto. Roberto told her to calm down. About an hour and 15 minutes later, a security camera on Colombo Street captured the two women leaving Venuti. They were unsteady on their feet and behaving erratically. Later that morning, as Jane and Lisa exchanged texts, they could still feel the effects of the drug Roberto had given them. Neither of them thought it was MDMA. Within seconds of taking it, they'd been unable to walk, had lost control of their senses, and felt like they were underwater, powerless to stop Roberto's sexual advances. Lisa said she remembered Roberto being on top of Jane in a booth in the restaurant, groping and kissing her while she was semi-coherent. This was a text message exchange. Jane, that makes me feel sick. Lisa, I was so high. I was trying to stop it, but I couldn't see, and he did it to me too. I didn't know what to do. I feel sick too. Jane, I couldn't see either, and my ears were ringing the whole time. Lisa, me too. I've never felt that high. It was so scary. Jane, did I ask him to stop or say no? He was going to rape us, Lisa. Lisa, yes, you said no, and you said no, I can't. I've got a boyfriend. He was so close to raping you. Jane, did I try to get away? Lisa, Yes, you got away, you hit him, he tried again. Later that day, Lisa still felt nauseous and drained of energy. She could barely lift her arms or legs, let alone control them. Worried, another friend took her to the Cambridge Clinic, a specialist medical centre for sexual assault victims, where she was assessed by a doctor and placed on a drip. There, she messaged Jane again. Jane, They said this is really serious. They want us to involve the cops. All the doctors looking after me and nurses said this is one of the really bad assaults. Jane replied, The whole thing felt like a nightmare. I know. It was a sexual assault. No one has the right to give us harsh drugs and try and have sex with us while we're passing out, Lisa said. What Lisa and Jane told medical staff and police that night triggered Operation Sinatra, a massive police investigation 
that resulted in one of the largest prosecutions of its kind in New Zealand. After learning of Jane and Lisa's allegations, police acted quickly. On the Monday morning, they searched Venuti Restaurant, where the alleged drugging and sexual assault occurred, and detectives arrested Roberto Jazz at the Sydenham townhouse he shared with his longtime partner. By about 8.45am, Roberto was sitting in a sparse, white-walled interview room at Christchurch Central Police Station, facing Detective Roger Caron. Talk me through your weekend, Karen said. At first, Roberto recounted an uneventful Saturday night. After finishing work at Venuti, he went to Mama Hooch, where he danced and had a few vodkas with mates, in between fetching ice from Venuti. After the bar closed, he went to Christchurch Casino. By 6.30am, he said he was sober enough to drive his ute home. But as Karen pushed for more details, Roberto's story began to unravel. Jane had joined him on one of his trips to Venuti, he said. The bathrooms at Mama Hooch were busy, and she'd needed to use the toilet. Karen said Jane and her friend Lisa had alleged Roberto had given them a white powder, which he'd insisted was MDMA, and it had a strange effect on them. Roberto said he couldn't remember Lisa being there, and hadn't given Jane any drugs, but he did admit to a sexual encounter. I mean, if we could keep this confidential, Jane sort of said to me she likes me, she was attracted to me, and then she began sort of kissing me and stuff, and that was a bit awkward. One thing led to another, he said, and she'd given him oral sex. She got up, and then she's like, this is too much. So I sort of grabbed her to see if she's okay, and she said, what's going on? What are you doing? Roberto said that Jane scratched both sides of his neck before leaving Venuti in a hurry. He hadn't been forceful, and the encounter had felt consensual, he said. Karen kept pushing. Jane and Lisa's statements told a different story. Lisa remembered feeling powerless as Roberto forced the white powder into her mouth. Jane said Roberto was really rough. He'd pulled her hair, bitten her stomach, and scratched her back. Their statements were consistent and supported by medical evidence. You need to tell me exactly what's happened, eh? Karen said. Roberto said his recollection of events was vague. I remember bits and pieces, and he may have been drunker than he thought, even drugged. Could I have had something put in my drink? Possibly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. 
Bleary and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Bleary and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto Jazz, formerly Jazewski, came to New Zealand from Australia with his family in about 2003. After arriving in Christchurch, the family set up hospitality venues in the central city, including Mama Hooch. While Roberto worked as a chef at Venuti, he also helped out at the bar, where his older brother, Danny Jazz, had been the manager since it opened in 2015. The Jazz family was already known to police through Danny. Nine months earlier, in October 2017, Loretta, not her real name, complained to police that she'd been sexually violated by Danny during a boozy night out at Mama Hooch. After Danny handed her a drink in the early hours, her memory became patchy. Somehow the pair had ended up in a disabled toilet in a vacant building next to Mama Hooch, she said, and he attacked her. He was strong and it hurt. It just felt disgusting the whole time and I wanted to leave, but I didn't think you would let me until he at least got something out of me she told a detective. In a witness statement supporting Loretta's complaint, one of her friends, Anne, raised concerns of her own about Danny. A week earlier at Mama Hooch, he had twisted her nipple on the dance floor and later tried to force himself on her in one of the bar's toilets, she said. A few weeks later, in November 2017, a police officer doing a hotel compliance check at Mama Hooch noted that Danny had hit on her during the visit. The officer was disgusted and told Danny his behaviour was inappropriate. Danny, a father of two who was in a long-term relationship, was interviewed by a detective about the incidents involving Loretta, Anne and the police officer on May 10 the following year. He left without being charged and Loretta's complaint was closed. But now, with two new complaints involving his younger brother Roberto and murmurings of other concerning behaviour towards women at Mama Hooch, a pattern was starting to emerge. Within days, police had launched a major investigation dubbed Operation Sinatra, so named for singer Frank Sinatra's jazz links. After Roberto had been interviewed about Lisa and Jane's allegations, he was released without charge. However, several weeks later, when detectives saw the results of a forensic examination of his cell phone, they realised the gravity of what they were dealing with. On the device were explicit videos which appeared to show Roberto sexually violating or raping women. There was also a WhatsApp group chat where he and several other men, including his older brother, seemed to identify young women they could target, boasted about sexual conquests and joked about rape and the use of date rape drugs. In one of the thousands of messages extracted from Roberto's phone, he said, I just roofied a woman's drink. A member of the group replied, Ha ha, did you give her a roofie colada? Roofie is a slang term for a hypnol, a date rape drug. As the investigation intensified, 
the media learned of Jane and Lisa's allegations, and a story appeared on the front page of a local newspaper. By then, police had enough evidence to charge Roberto. On the morning of August 24, the day after the media coverage, he was arrested as he attempted to board a flight to Sydney. Roberto had a return ticket he'd bought the previous day and told police he was heading to see a friend. Later that day, he appeared in court on charges related to the drugging and sexual assault of Jane and Lisa. He was released on bail. Publicity about the case unearthed a string of new complainants, many of whom believed they'd had their drink spiked at Mama Hooch. Some said they'd been sexually assaulted. One was a woman who featured in some of the explicit videos found on Roberto's phone. The woman, Rose, not her real name, who was then aged in her 20s, told a detective that in April 2017, she and a group of friends went to Mama Hooch on a Saturday night. Rose had already had more than a bottle of wine to drink during the evening. Soon after arriving at Mama Hooch, Roberto, whom she knew well, handed her a shot and challenged her to scull it. He then told her to meet him outside the bar in 20 minutes. When she didn't, Danny Jazz found her and took her to Venuti. By then, Rose was wasted. As she left Mama Hooch, she fell over, and Danny had to help her up. Waiting for Rose in the kitchen at Venuti were Roberto and another man, John, real name suppressed. On the bench were lines of white powder. She wasn't an experienced drug user and had to be coached on how to snort it. It was really arranged and strange. After having the line, it just turned into a train wreck, Rose said when she was interviewed by a detective. Danny left soon after and locked the door behind him. I remember thinking, is that so no one can get in or I can't get out? Soon after, Roberto started kissing her. I remember thinking, what the hell, you've got a girlfriend? But I was in no state to stop what was going on. The drugs they gave me kind of made me normalise it. Like, okay, this is happening. I was not in a position to consent. Over the next two to three hours, Roberto and John took turns having sex with her. At one point, as he filmed Rose, Roberto said, this is for my collection. When they'd finished, they helped her back into her dress, which had been ripped. She eventually made it home in a taxi the men had paid for. Rose woke the next morning, confused and unable to remember much of what had happened the night before. She was sore, her breasts were black and blue, and she'd chewed a hole in her lip. I scrubbed my entire body because I felt so uncomfortable, she told the detective. Rose took photos of her injuries and went to a doctor to get an STD check. She was anxious and worried she'd been filmed. However, she didn't lodge a complaint with police at the time because she was scared of the jazzes and worried no one would believe her. As the list of women who believed they'd been drugged at Mama Hooch grew, so did public awareness of the problems at the bar. Police distributed pamphlets to people outside the bar, warning them not to accept drinks from strangers or people they didn't know well, including bar staff, or leave drinks unattended. Negative reviews of Mama Hooch started to surface online. I can't believe this place is still open after the serious sexual misconduct by staff towards young women that I witnessed, 
one read. Female customers should not be fear-gamed predators. In early October, Danny Jazz told Stuff he believed patrons were to blame for the suspected drink spikings. If we caught those responsible, God help them, he said, adding that if it was a staff member, I'd break their hands and hand them over to the police. Danny's comments prompted a wave of new complaints to police. That triggered me a little bit, one woman who alleged he'd sexually assaulted her and Mama Hooch's toilets, later said. He spiked my drink, or at least tried to. The comments also angered Jane, one of the first complainants, who had grown increasingly frustrated after hearing Mama Hooch patrons continued to be targeted, despite the allegations she'd made months earlier. On a Friday night, about two weeks after Danny's public outburst, Jane was at home drinking with friends when she decided to act. Drunk, she called an Uber to Mama Hooch and stood outside warning women in the queue to be careful. Danny, who knew Jane had alleged his brother had drugged and sexually assaulted her, emerged from inside and called her an idiot. Another patron, a former Mama Hooch staffer, then abused her, snatched her cell phone and threw it away, pushed her to the ground and spat on her. Police arrived a short time later and took Jane home. Several weeks later, Operation Sinatra detectives arrested the Jazz brothers, John and another man. At Roberto's home, detectives found synthetic drugs inside a CD case, which they would allege were capable of disabling people. Appearing in court, the men's names were suppressed and they were released on bail. Despite the serious charges he faced, Danny kept working as the bar manager at Mama Hooch, much to the disgust of one of the complainant's fathers. Jane bumped into Roberto at the casino, causing her to have a panic attack. By the time the Jazz brothers and John stood trial in the Christchurch District Court in February, more than four years after their arrest, detectives had gathered a mountain of evidence related to 34 complainants, including two unidentified women who featured in explicit videos found on Roberto's phone. The Crown alleged that from 2015 to 2018, Roberto and Danny Jazz were involved in the planned drugging of dozens of Mama Hooch patrons, including former staff, many of whom were then sexually assaulted. Some of the victims had been enticed to the bar with VIP treatment, such as free drinks and the ability to skip the queue to enter. On occasion, women found themselves isolated from their friends or partners who had been kicked out for no apparent reason. During the two-month judge-alone trial, the court heard from a procession of women who believed they'd been drugged on nights out at Mama Hooch. They said they were either given a drink at the bar or a powdered substance and experienced what the Crown called stupefying effects. Some suffered blackouts or memory loss, vomiting, loss of bodily function, their eyes rolling back in their heads, and abnormal behaviours such as rage and anxiety. Several of the women then uncharacteristically drove while under the influence, including one who crashed a car into a tree. One woman was found passed out on the pavement around the corner from the bar and had to be taken to hospital in an ambulance. Another attacked a police officer and was arrested. A third woke up in her bed naked, unable to remember the night before, to learn that her cell phone had been found on the other side of town. 
she went to get an STD check to allay fears she'd been raped. There was no evidence she had, but her relationship with her partner fell apart soon after. More than a dozen women described how Danny had brazenly followed them into Mama Hooch's toilets and forced himself upon them. He pushed me against the wall. I couldn't move. He was aggressive and a lot stronger than I was, one said. I remember Danny having his hand over my mouth and I was feeling really weak, really helpless, another recounted. When I came out, I was crying. Others described having to barricade themselves in toilets or flee Mama Hooch to escape the brothers' advances. The accused men listened intently to the evidence, passing notes to their lawyers and shaking their heads at times. During breaks and proceedings, they laughed and joked with each other. But by trial's end, Danny Jazz, 40, was found to have raped, sexually violated or indecently assaulted 15 women, five of whom he targeted after he was first interviewed by police in May 2018. His younger brother, Roberto Jazz, 38, was convicted of attacks on four women. He later admitted indecently assaulting a fifth. The pair were found guilty of various druggings, but acquitted of others where identification was an issue. John was cleared of all but a minor drug supply charge. Unlike Roberto and Danny, the Crown was unable to prove John had raped Rose. An encounter, he had told police, was consensual, 110%. The judge is yet to release the reasons for his verdicts. The fourth man stood trial separately in May and was acquitted of sexually violating a Mama Hooch patron at Roberto's home. He and John are seeking permanent name suppression. Detective Inspector Scott Anderson, the officer in charge of the investigation, says it is highly likely there are other victims of the Jazz Brothers who have chosen not to come forward. Police remain available to speak to anyone with concerns. Anderson said Operation Sinatra was unique because of the huge number of victims, the duration of the offending, and the challenges associated with trying to establish whether people had been drugged. He says he's happy with the outcome of the prosecution, which showed the complainants were believed, even if that didn't always result in guilty verdicts. The messaging in the WhatsApp group pointed to the fact that this was a premeditated targeting of people by the Jazzers for their own sexual gratification. Once they started, I think they felt quite entitled and unable to stop what they were doing, Anderson said. I think if you look at this objectively, they set up that bar for the sole purpose of meeting their needs. At trial, the Crown said the name Mama Hooch was a play on the term Hoochie Mama, a promiscuous or sexually provocative woman, and emblematic of the brothers offending. Jane, whose complaint helped trigger the investigation, is one of the only victims to speak publicly about her ordeal so far. She says the five years since she was drugged and sexually assaulted by Roberto had been emotionally exhausting. Such a drawn-out legal process made it hard for her to move on with her life. I think the whole process just kind of took a part of me away because it was always just there in the back of my mind. The Jazzers will be sentenced in August. Jane hopes that will finally allow her closure. I hope this confronting experience we have faced shines a light for other sexual assault survivors and shows they do have a voice 
and that predators can be held accountable. That was the downfall of the Mama Hooch Rapist on the long read from Stuff, written and read by Blair Ensor, produced by Philippa Tolley. This episode was edited by John Ropiha. If you found any of this content distressing, we have numbers you can call to talk to someone on the Long Read podcast page on the Stuff website. If you listen via our website, you can hear this story and more like it on the Long Read podcast available on all the usual platforms. If you liked what you heard, please do give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. Ka kite anō. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. It, it, yeah, we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing iffy in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.